Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, December 17, 2022, and this is day 1732 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you, and thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace that you've had upon us for keeping your hedge of protection all around us, Lord. And thank you for fulfilling us with the gifts that you've blessed us with to go and fulfill the purpose that you've given us for today. I ask, Father, that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, <laughs> glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is don't let anything stop you. All right, listen closely. Let's take a look at what the church went through in the book of Acts and how they persevered even through adversity. And I know many of you are going through some adversity right now. Um, as a believer, it is going to happen if it hasn't already. And this is really an encouraging message to let you know, to press on and continue on. And the Lord is with you. Don't ever forget that. Okay, Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. And then we're going to jump over to Acts chapter 20, to Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. This all took place after the stoning of Stephen, and he was the first martyr of the church. And Stephen preached. Oh, did he preach? And and he let these people know uh, about Jesus and how they uh, were the ones that killed him. And they that's what he preached and taught. And uh, and when Stephen died, he did the same thing as Jesus. He said, it says, and I'll just read it, Acts 7, verse 59, it says, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. That meant he died. And And it says uh, in verse 55, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. (laughs) Look, he said, I see the I see heaven open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Now, here's the thing we typically see or hear of Jesus. This is the first uh, scripture I've seen where he was standing Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. But he stood up with this situation with Stephen. I believe Jesus loves us so much that he is standing and looking out for his children. Listen, and we're one of them. So he says, so it says, on that great day, great 
on that day, great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. One thing we can say about Saul before he he encountered Jesus and, and his name was changed to Paul was that he was no respecter of persons either. He didn't care if you were male or female. You're gilling if you're serving Jesus. But oh, did his life ever change too. When he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he became a believer. And he went through quite a bit, but he... He did not stop either, and he wrote the majority of the New Testament of the Bible. It says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Listen, that made them even more powerful, it looks like, even after they went through all that they suffered and losing a loved one and mourning over Stephen. But they did not stop doing the will of God. Now let's take a look at where Philip went after he was there. He, he was evangelizing. And uh, if we go over to Acts 8, verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. So he was a big-time official. He he handled all the money and was in control of that. And he, you know, he he was trusted. He he was, sounds like he was probably a very uh, logical-thinking man. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near him, near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Look at how the Holy Spirit will do it. He says, go and and be attached to that uh, chariot, you know, just, just go run over to the chariot and, and, uh, and, and then he hears a man, uh, reading and then he jumps into action. This is the passage of scripture. The eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth in his humiliation. He was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. He was talking about Jesus. The eunuch asked Philip, Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began 
with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. <laughs> we need to be ready to meet the people where they are and tell them about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me, my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azutus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Listen, I don't know how the Holy Spirit just swooped him up and took him away. It, it was <laughs> it was not by car, train, plane. <laughs> it was by the Holy Spirit that literally flew him away. And he went on to the next mission that had, God had for him. So let's look at our points. First, number one, we must stay hungry and on fire for the Lord, no matter what happens in our lives. The church in the book of Acts had just been devastated from the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr, for sharing the love of Jesus Christ to, to the persecution of the church, which scattered everyone. Philip began his evangelistic tour after burying Stephen, his brother in Christ. Absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing stops God's agenda. Philip was so hungry and on fire that he did not let anything stop him. He was hungry for the Lord that his ears were in perfect tune unto the leading of the Holy Spirit. How's your hearing? Is it blocked by the sounds and distractions of the world? When we're hungry for the Lord, that means we surrender all and yield our will unto God's will. Point number two. While Philip was on his way, he met the Ethiopian eunuch. Are you sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit that you will stop to, to help someone while on your way somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Will you... Uh, be concerned about being late to your destination that you miss an opportunity to lead someone to Jesus Christ? Or, or will you be so concerned about who's watching you that you're distracted from the greatest need right before your very eyes? Or will you say something like, I'll get back to you as soon as I'm done with my appointment? We must stay uh, on fire. We, for the Lord, we need to not let anything distract us or stop us from completing the mission that God gives us, even when the mission changes in between and then goes right back to where you initially were to be. We must be flexible in the Lord. Point number two, we must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's what James 1 and 19 says. That's what Philip exemplifies when he drew near to the man's chariot and heard him reading Isaiah chapter 53. Are you ready to meet a person where they are to lead them to Jesus? 
Are you hungry enough to study your Bible to learn more about our Lord and Savior for yourself? Whereby being ready when someone's crying out for the Lord? Or when someone's hurting or in pain, are you are you ready to stop what you're doing to go and help them? Number three, are you hungry enough to say, please break it down for me? Like the eunuch said, help me understand. Here he was a high ranking, as I said before, official, but he was humble enough to say, I don't get it. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. He was, he again was this high ranking official, yet he was humble and un- hungry enough to say, I need help understanding this word. He knew how to calculate numbers very well, but that would not get him to the kingdom of God. Our professions will not save us, our financial situation will not save us, our beautiful homes and cars and All these things are not going to save us. The only thing or only one that can save us is Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. Being with him for eternity. Are you so caught up in your powerful position that you refuse to humble yourself to listen to anyone else? Are you hungry enough to be vulnerable? That's what it takes. And that takes courage to be vulnerable. If you've lost your first love, Jesus Christ, mm, Revelation chapter 2 verses 1 through 7 talks about that, losing our first love. And uh, I encourage you to read that uh, and how Jesus tells us we can come back to him. It's not too late to get back on track and remain hungry to fulfill your God-given purpose. Don't stop no matter what. I remember when um, my my stepdad ordained me and a month later he died and went on to be with the Lord. And uh, it was just uh, mind blowing. We knew he was sick, but it was just like, wow, this just happened. And he had he had built the church up. He had used all of his re- the majority, I'll say, of his retirement money. From the Kansas City Star at that time, that was the newspaper that was thrown or delivered to people on a daily basis. And he was a machinist and uh, he he hated to the call of God on his life. And he became a pastor, uh, was ordained himself. And uh, he and my mom, uh, they took what they had. Well, here's what they did. They started off uh, at a church that was... Uh, that was dry, that was sucking the life out of people with, instead of encouraging and uh, uplifting them. And the Lord put on their heart to start a church. And they started in their house. And it grew. They had folding chairs and bought little pillow cushions for each chair. And and then they would fellowship sometimes afterward with a meal. And, and it just grew and grew. And then and then they they got their 501c3 to become uh, this nonprofit uh, church called Good Samaritan. And uh, then uh, after that, they uh, one of the members uh, found a building or had a building or something, and um, it had gotten pretty. It was pretty old and dilapidated, and they paid very little for the building, but it needed lots and lots of work. And so my 
my father, my stepfather stayed out there daily, he and my mom, in that building, along with anyone else that came by to help, anyone else that, you know, of their members that came to help. And he stayed on that wall, getting that church done and finished. And I mean, it was a mess. <laughs> and he he spent, uh, yeah, most of us, as I said before, his retirement money on getting it done, but nothing stopped him. Uh, nothing stopped him. Even the things that he didn't know how to do, he was still there and God would send the people just like he sent um, uh, Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch. There was um, this blemish on the wall in the building. It was like a big crack in the in the crevice of the wall that was really profound. And there was a gentleman that came by and and uh you know you can tell he he had gone through some challenges in his life he he had gone to alcohol and, and and who knows maybe suppressing some hurt and pain well i know you know my my stepdad was one to tell people about jesus everybody he saw and and uh the man said hey i'm i am a bricklayer by trade and and this blemish here uh, he took him inside and he saw the church and he said, I, I can fix that. And so he took cement and he turned that cement and he he designed it on the wall in such a way or applied it on the wall in such a way. And this was from the ceiling to the floor that he made a cross. And it was unusual because the way that that wall was, it looped over, it's kind of hard to describe, to another wall. So it was joined by this little divider in the wall. And he took the cross and looped it over so that either side of that wall you were standing on, it was just a little bit of a uh, part that stood out. That part that stood out, you could see on the other side, the, the cross extended over the top part of the cross. And then on the other side of the wall was the other side of the cross. And then he created the part that went down and all out of cement and all by hand. And it had like the, the little loop-de-loops in the concrete. It was it was just beautiful. And, and that every time I would sit in that room in the sanctuary, I would look at that cross not and I would see not only the blood of Jesus and recognizing our savior but i would see how god sent that man and you know many people would pass him by or maybe not even talk to him because the way he looked maybe the way he smelled but my dad didn't he talked to every single person that walked by and god blessed him because every one of them just about that he encountered had a special trade even though some of them were in prostitution, uh, one of them was an electrician. One of the women that was in prostitution that are being prostituted uh, said, hey, pastor, thank you for helping me. I, she, he would give the people money <laughs> on a regular basis. They would say, I need some money for food or I need whatever. He would give it to them. And one day the lady came back. She said, thank you. She said, hey, I, I can help you. I, I am a... I am an electrician, and uh, he said, really? You know, I'm, I wasn't there. These, these are the stories I've learned. You know how we 
continue the history and share the, the story to continue the legacy. And she did a lot of the wiring in the church. You never know. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Whatever it is, because God's going to send the people. You see, the eunuch didn't didn't stop when he saw Philip and Philip didn't stop either. And they were able, uh, he was blessed by Philip. And in this case, with my stepdad, the people were blessed and so were we by one another. And then when he passed on, he handed the baton to my mom and me and we continued on and it didn't stop. My mother actually eulogized him and it was amazing. And to see what he started and how he said, continue on. Don't ever mortgage the church, he said. <laughs> it was paid for. And we stood firm for 14 years that I was there until the Lord, you know, catapulted me on to, to the new destination he had for me at Destiny Life Center, where I am today. And uh, I just uh, encourage you to don't let anything stop you from fulfilling your God-given purpose, even through adversity. If you don't know Jesus, that is the most important <clears throat> step you could ever make in your life. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory be to God. The angels are rejoicing in heaven because of you. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on T-Zone, KC.org, to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth, life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, and peer mediation skills, and human and sex trafficking awareness. Thank you so much for your contributions and your prayers. We are very grateful to each and every one of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.